All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50, I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada. All business, all winter. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are when you are listening to episode number five, the Real Life Podcast here on the Nation Network, brought to you by Finning. I am Jason Greger, host of the Jason Greger Show on TSN 1260. We welcome in uh, Jason Strudwick, former NHLer, one for one in the shootout, uh, zero for zero in personality, and uh, we welcome in uh, Wanye <laughs> Gretz, the uh, co-founder of OilersNation.com, and if you listened last week, good news, he wasn't hungover. Well, he was, but that's not why he felt like death. It turns out he had the worst flu since when? Since 1919, when the flu <laughs> epidemic killed most of the continent. <laughs> you know you but, like but you to were, go so, out. You were tough enough to oh, fight man. it off. You know you're, 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 you like to go out a lot when you're happy you have the flu and that you're not hungover. <laughs> like, oh, thank goodness. It's not that I've lost my touch and I can't drink before a podcast. I just have the flu and I saw Jesus and he was at the end of a tunnel and he was high-fiving Connor McDavid. It was touch and go, boys, for a few days, but I'm back. I'm Do good. you get a flu shot? No. Nor I don't do want I. the government to know my personal information. So I do not get a flu shot. Do you get one, Greg? I'm not, I don't get one either. I, I have a, I've had a flu shot uh, ever since the, we had the little guy. Sure. But I never had one before. And uh, once he has passed the age from 6 to 18, until I become a senior citizen, then I probably won't get one again. Four more years so after that. Yeah. I think, I, although they say it all depends. You know, we can have a big debate on science studies. Sure. Some of them say... It's better if you do it once every two or three years rather than once every year. So I don't know. I was, I've been lucky. I have a pretty good immune system. I've rarely been sick in my life. So knock on wood, I don't. Uh, I, I try to save the uh, vaccinations for those who really need it. But mm-hmm. they say when you have a young kid, it's probably better to get it. I got my flu from my little nephew, 15 months. 
400 pounds. He's a little ball of patient zero. <laughs> it's awful. I never get sick either. I've been sick twice in three months because of him. Well, it's probably a combination of your body. You get, you're, you're fighting it off, and then you go out and you drink 97 beers, and then yeah. you're worn down. And, and a couple gold Yeah. I heard that Goldschlagers are an effective stand-in for a flu vaccine. I read that on the Goldschlager <laughs> website. Yeah, it says in absence of a flu vaccine, take sure. three Goldschlagers like and you're good for flu season. Yeah. So when you change your nephew's diaper, do you yeah. wash your hands post-operation? I do it in a hazmat suit. I take him to the local car wash, and then I hose him down. I put a little wax on him afterwards to make sure he's got a nice sheen. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, so I'm not getting anywhere near any of the business end of that situation. No, I'm good. Doesn't seem right to blame a young one for your sickness. Well, he goes to daycare, which I think he goes to daycare yeah. at the Center for Disease Control because every day he's got something new when he comes home. And uh, I'm told that little kids are just festering piles of germs. Some of them are. The yeah. young bee man for me, thankfully not really. No. You probably send him to an elite daycare where no, all the children got, you know, have degrees. Hey, basically it he all does. comes down to yeah. uh, whatever you have, all that stomach stuff. And some people uh, yeah. some people can fight off bugs better than others. Mm-hmm. It's just DNA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. The Nine Months You Were Made, a really good documentary on it. You should check it out. I, uh, no, honestly, you, you being the... Well, well, you're not the smartest guy in the room, but you're yeah. smart. Thank you. One of the top three smartest. That's yeah. in the room. That's honestly, yes, that that's nine months you were made, you should <laughs> yeah. watch it. It's great. Yeah. Honestly, you'd really enjoy it. Shouldn't I save that for when I'm getting ready to be a parent? No, no, no. It's about anybody who's... It can go back to relate to you yeah. and where you come from and your DNA. It's not about being a parent. Okay. The nine months you were made just right. talks about what happens in that time for any person. I don't really like documentaries. I like movies with explosions and possibly a nude scene mixed halfway through the mid- halfway through the middle. Not oh, no, there's some nudes in this one. Oh, Real nudes, yeah. And it, don't worry, it's not like it's cool. animated nude unless yeah. that's what you're into. Oh, that's fine. Like Jessica Rabbit, I'm sure you think she's hot. So. so you want something with Nicolas Cage? Is what you're saying? Yes, anything or possibly Steven Seagal before he became a Russian citizen. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I couldn't believe that picture. Him and Putin sitting across each other at table, handing him his Russian passport. Yeah. Like, what's Steven Seagal doing? And how yeah. big is that guy? He's got to be 300 pounds. And what year movies are being released in Russia for you to think <laughs> Steven Seagal is a win? Like, well, I just saw Under Siege the other day. This is a fantastic pickup for the Russian nation. It is not a fantastic pickup. <sighs> Speaking of Putin, briefly, because we can talk about whatever we want. It's real life. Have either of you guys talked to Bob Nicholson about when he met Putin? Have you no. ever... Had an, no. Remember where was that? Was that the World Cup? Oh, World Championship, probably. And and then like there was like helicopters hovering over the arena, and there was all these troops, and no one could figure out what was going on. And Putin just walked out under the ice at the end, and like all the Russian people were like, "Oh my goodness, Putin!" And then it was just him with Bob Nicholson standing on the ice, and they were sitting there talking. Like I would give anything to know what Bob Nicholson and Vladimir Putin talked about for 10 minutes on oh, the ice. I'm sure it was. Well, we will, maybe we'll have to get Bob yeah, on and ask him. That would be oh, interesting. That would be pretty good. Nothing else he's done before since matters to me at all except that 10-minute window of his life when he talked to Putin. Well, do you ever seen Putin when he plays with former NHLers and top KHL players? They let him score. He's always the leading scorer in these games. Yeah, and they let him score. It is abs- They all feed it to him. They all yeah. pass. It's like when Greg's and I play in these tournaments together. Right, right. I'm trying feed, to get him a I touch. Try to, I try to give Strath a goal. Pat so. <laughs> <laughs> his stats a little bit. Well, he, even in Russia today, did you see their figure skating thing? They, they actually had, yes. you, you know how figure skating is. They have like yeah. a, a theme to everything. They had one on the Holocaust. Like, what? It's, yeah. It, it's a unique they're, they're not there's some things they do there that definitely are head scratchers now have you, have you, oh, today sorry. we're gonna we're gonna get into some uh some kind of head scratching things struts right. had a few things that he wanted to uh to bring up because evidently he went shopping for the first time in his life just yes. the other day and there's something out there that you're amazed that it's still selling 
Yeah, so I got my credit uh, limit raised on my visa up to one hundred fifty dollars. So now I can go shopping. You know, I can go shopping a little more often, sure. more frequently. Sure. And uh, so I'm wheeling through a mall, a Southgate Mall, beautiful mall, by the way. And I come across a store I couldn't leave. The calendar store. Yeah. The calendar. So, and it was jam packed. So I had to go look in there. Dragged my kids, all three of them in, and they were knocking stuff all over the place. And I'm like, who buys calendars? Who is buying a calendar? There, there was calendars with dogs. Kittens, hot guys, hot girls, farm trucks, farm scenes, uh, beautiful scenes. It, it was, I couldn't believe it. And people were gobbling these things up like Pac-Man in a game. Why are you buying a calendar? I can tell you right now, if you two buy me a calendar for Christmas, mm. I will literally throw it out my windows. I drive out of here. It is I ridiculous. I think you'd like a hot fireman calendar, just for the record, <laughs> if I was betting <laughs> well, what, what Stradwick calendar would want. Why do you think this calendar is not useful in 2016? Mm -hmm. It's on your phone. We have, there's a thousand apps and one of them, I, I put it, so uh, we're, 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 we're done. I'm meeting Gregor for lunch. Boom, put it in my, my phone. I don't need a calendar. Who buys a calendar? Hangs so it on the wall. So at your house, you and your wife don't have a calendar? We have, we have a, one of those uh, work calendars. You know, the ones you see underneath the glass at someone's work and you write in so you go, oh, you know, kids have this, kids have that. But for my personal stuff, do, do you have a calendar at work? Are you hang it up on the wall? Actually, I do have a calendar right by my computer at home. So I, I, I put it up on the wall because I have a lot of business meetings, so I write them down on the calendar. So I like to see it. I don't like to put everything. I still put some in my phone, but not all of them. Because the thing is, even if it's in my phone, I don't okay. want to look at my calendar every day when I can just glance up. Oh, okay, in three weeks, I have that. Done. Boom. I think that the reason why the count, you see, you've never had to work in a really boring office, have you? You were always like, oh, I'm super cool. I'm in the like, NHL. Yeah, like you're in my NHL. coworkers <laughs> like, are bloody Yager yeah. and Gretzky. Like, seriously, yeah, you were just yeah, like, right? oh, so someone would call you in the morning, Jason, can you please get up, make sure to wipe your ass, yeah, no, 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 then but have some breakfast, then you drive to the rink, enough. then you have to have a nap in the afternoon. Like, you've really, you've been scheduled since you were 19 not to think for yourself. 70% of the Christmas presents bought in the world or for people who don't know or like the person they're buying something for. It's like, what are we going to get for Aunt Edna for Christmas? Well, I don't know. She had a cat once. Let's get her a cat calendar. What are you going to get for Brenda in accounting for the secret Santa? That's why a calendar store exists. You can go into the store knowing very, very little about the person you're buying a present for. Like, Do you have to buy presents for Gregor people Gregor wants like? a hot fireman no, calendar every, like Strudwick hey, got last be, year. Let's be honest. The great, the, one of the best things about men over yeah. women, sorry ladies, right. is we don't buy each other insignificant waste of time gifts. Well, like, Secret Santa's at work, though, is a legitimate thing. You don't have to join it. It's a Secret Santa. See, you've never had to work in an office either because you rolled into in work a, the no, Jason Greger no, show no, featuring, you don't. featuring Jason Greger, no. produced by Jason Greger. You don't have coworkers. I I, buddy, I worked in the oil field for a long time. Trust me. There's no Secret Santa in the oil field, okay? Oh, well, like, see. zero chance of it. Secret Santa, to me, it's like what? It's like a $15 gift of nothing. I've worked in a boring oh, hey, office. give me a little trinket no, of some... No, 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 no. You know, I've worked in an office where you have to sit you down there like here you go Wanya here's who you're buying a thing for and you yeah, open up the envelope and it's like it's Cheryl over in graphic design and Cheryl's <laughs> interests are nothing and nothing and you're like holy crying out loud what am I going to get her a vaccination for the flu <laughs> which you shouldn't get anybody by the way it's dangerous I thought, I don't know. I, I think I'm in the wrong business. Maybe I should open a calendar store for that three month segment, you know, September, October, November, then into December, because that's the only times it's open. And I couldn't believe people were gifts. Oh, it was yeah. pouring. Either people were pouring out. Well, you're not going to buy somebody a calendar midway through the year. My wife makes calendars. My wife makes calendars for, for the for grandmas, where in each page has a okay. picture of the grand of, of uh, the grandsons, yeah, sure. right? and then one with the other one. And then that's nice. she makes one for me every year. That's the one that's in my office. Hmm. And so when I open it up, there's pictures of my son and I. So it gets me in a good mood. 
don't know. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I don't know how, but you know what? These people are smart businessmen, obviously. What? Maybe we should have a Jason Stratton account. <gasps> oh, sorry. Oh, I'd buy that. Imagine June with him and all the hot firefighters. Like, a big I, pile. No, the, the best is you could put like a photo of him and Rob Niedermeyer when they got stung by a bunch of bees on their way over to Hungary before they got the team photo. Did you ever see it? Strud's is like he, his, his hairline somehow was longer than in the front. It was receding. And then it grew back when he came back to Hungary because he was like a seven head and now he's a five and a half head and he had the long hair. But seriously, that picture of you and your cousin, Rob, yeah. might be the worst photo. It was, were you actually stung by bees? No, but we, he, no, my cousin put on a lot of weight. Do you know what stung by bees means? It means you're bloated, you're yeah. a little fat. Oh, so no, I never heard of that. In the lockout, my buddy, my cousin, and I went over to Hungary, and I, I think I told the story last time. Yeah. But what happened? He got, he put a lot of weight on. Like oh, this guy, put, yeah. he basically started eating when we got on the plane, and he <laughs> didn't stop till we landed. And uh, even I think his mom picked him up when he landed. He's like, "Holy jeez, what happened to you?" And I was fine. I didn't change. But we 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 literally got off the plane hungry. We went right to this press conference, and our hair was all over. We had long hair. We looked like we dragged ourselves out of the gutter, and it was a big deal there. And we didn't look good. I'll admit we didn't look good. But Rob, that guy, I've never seen a professional athlete eat like that. Like he was like, "Geez, are you?" Was he wearing? Was eating the Hungarian goulash? Do you hate yourself? Like what's the problem? Like something's going on inside. So it's pretty crazy, but. All right, you know what? I'll back off the calendar. I apologize to the good people at the calendar store. Any of our listeners, please, for Wanya and I's yes. sake, can you drop a calendar off at yeah. Strud's work? He That's works right. at City TV. Right. And uh, maybe we'll get him one. We'll get an Orders Nation calendar. Oh, that'd be nice. You should just make him one of yourself, like Wanya. Oh, I'll just go to my calendar construction well, set over in the corner of the room and whip something <laughs> up. Apple does it. You just you just send him the pictures they yes. order, and boom, it's done. Oh, how do I do that? I just, what, uh, well, buddy, tweeted you, Apple the, with 12 don't, photos? Don't and... you, like, make text? Like, don't you yes. build things? That's like saying that you build a house so you know how everybody's house is laid out in town. It doesn't even make any sense. I know some small things about some small things well the computer world's clearly a little bit more advanced than you're making it out to be i thought it was pretty simple just turn it on you know right. punch in some numbers and magically have a website at the risk of telling a story where i don't look particularly intelligent <laughs> i can tell you shopping is very hard i went to staples on thursday yeah. friday somewhere in the week where i had the flu and it was all very dark and i needed to buy a safe Right? I, you ever get documents and they're like, you need to put this in a safe place? You ever have that? Right? You're like, oh, here's your birth certificate, Mr. Gregory. You need to put that in a safe place. Oh, here's your new passport. Put it in a safe place. I don't have a safe place. My safe place is like a sock in the corner of my room that I shove my passport <laughs> in. And I'm like, you know what, Juan? You're getting a little bit older. Time to get mature. You need to buy a fireproof safe. So I go to Staples. And I'm on the phone. And I'm talking to somebody. We'll say it was my grandma. And grandma, how are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. And they're like, I'm like, where are the safes? And they're like, oh, they're over in aisle Q. And I go there. And I look. And there's the safe. And there's the box. And I pick the box up. And I walk to the front. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I'm just coming off the flu feel pretty good I feel pretty strong this feels pretty light <laughs> and i put the safe down on the on the you know counter or whatever and i slide to the lady and i go that's pretty light for a safe mind you i do go to the gym by annually <laughs> and she looks at me with a look of scorn and said sir that's a microwave <laughs> and i'd taken a bloody microwave thinking it was a safe i'm like thank goodness she didn't let me go home like this is the least secure safe ever no matter what code i put in the door opens like that's the cook time sir you've had a microwave thinking it was a safe for the better oh, part of a year so God. you know whether it's going to the calendar store or mistaking okay. item a for item b Shopping is hard, Struts. That's why you get married and you have a team that help you. I'm on my own out here. I might have kept that story to myself. <laughs> Sorry, no one's listening. Like a microwave to a safe. That's I'll show a, you a photo, but it really one, it was underneath a safe. So. That's Wanya Gretz. He's the co-founder yeah. of yes. uh, the Nation Network. <laughs> I Jason Strudwick. I'm Jason yeah. Greger. Now, we always like to talk about certain situations of being involved in. And this is one that I think everybody listening at some point goes to. And there's that awkward feeling 
and we can debate whether or not it's a deserved awkward feeling or we have to let it go. Okay, so this is what happened. Saturday night, we were invited to a, a couple of different um, uh, Christmas parties. It was nice. You know, people invited us out, so we go over. So my wife decides, we have this conversation. My wife, she's very thoughtful. She decides, I'm going to buy uh, the wife a gift rather than bringing alcohol. So at first, I was kind of uneasy. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. But she, anyway, she goes and do it, does it. She, I, I forgot what she bought. But a couple, calendar. A couple of nice, yeah, she, that's why we were <laughs> the, the calendar, calendar store. That's right, yeah, the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> so she brought a couple things and, and whatever. So we go to the party, first party. And she brings in this gift, gives it to the wife and gives the wife a hug. The husband walks over. He's looking at me and I just kind of shake his hand <laughs> and I'm like, hi. You know, and then I walk in and I would like a drink. So I didn't say that to him, but I, I didn't, I got the feeling he was like, I'm not going to give this guy a drink. So I kind of just weighed my way out onto the deck where a lot of people keep their drinks in the wintertime and just grabbed one. Now I know other people had brought it. I don't know who it was. So maybe I grabbed, you know, Gregor's uh, Bud Light or Wanye's, whatever, Big Rock, whatever it was. And I was just trying Bullet to, slogger, but yeah, trying to be, yeah, I was trying to blend in. So I felt, I almost almost guilty because we did bring something to the party, but it wasn't alcohol. Then the second party, same thing. My wife gives the gift to the wife. The husband looks, looking at me like, hey, man. And he's thinking, where's, I got the feeling. He didn't say anything. There was nothing implied, but he's got the feeling. I should have brought alcohol. So I'm going to ask it to you, too. You're my gurus for uh, all things related to house parties. Should you, no matter what, bring alcohol? Even if your wife's bringing a gift or you bring flowers, should you bring alcohol if you intend on drinking? Well, party? here's the first question I have. Okay. Why, why is this such a sexist party? Why is the gift only for the female? Like, what the hell is Shona thinking here? Like, right whoa. away, you're setting, you're setting a real <laughs> guy into suggesting <laughs> that, man, like, maybe the husband would have liked a gift. Right? Maybe he would have liked a sheave of golf balls or something. I have no idea. A sleeve, not a sheave, but a sleeve of uh, golf balls. Who knows? But to me, okay. it all depends. Um, when they have the invitation, uh, have you been to these people's party before? Oh, because some I, people, when they like, when I have a party, I always tell my, you know what, you don't have to bring stuff because, okay. and because every time you tell people not to bring stuff, they still bring it. And now my liquor cabinet, like, I can't drink all this. Yeah. It's impossible. You could. I need to have you a. Could. No, I couldn't. You could. No, I don't drink every day. You got to have an attitude that says yeah, I well, can. No, an attitude that says I can. <laughs> and and literally, I try to tell people like at our next Christmas party, show up. Please don't bring any alcohol. Trust me, I will supply the food. I ha and everybody feels uncomfortable. Like, why well, can't show up with nothing? I'm like, you know what? Bring yourself. I don't care. Br and I joke. I say, bring me a bag of M Ms because I know I'll eat those over the course of time. <laughs> but I can't handle another bottle of red wine or this or that. So I understand, and it all depends on the person. And if you walk in and your wife gets a gift. Then you know what the wife should have done? I believe as the host, if the wife's receiving a gift, first thing she'd say, Jason, can I get you a drink? I think it's a little bit All of right. hosting fail right there. As a host, when people come into your house, you should offer them a drink. That's my rule. Wanda, yeah. where do you come out on this? Well, I'm much younger than you two guys. So when I go to a party, you like put RFID tags on all your beers. And if one goes missing, you got like a drone <laughs> overhead. You're like, who took my sixth, you know, Pabst Blue Ribbon? And it isn't like I wheel into a party to give other people booze. You're like, five years younger than I me. I come Let's into a party with that. a 12-pack of Bud Light chained to my leg. And I just sit there like a hobo at the YMCA with a knife. And if anyone's coming for my beer, you're getting one right in the eye. I do think, however, that it is nice to bring booze because it's the social lubricator and everybody can have a couple drinks and have a few laughs. And if you're the guy not bringing booze to a party, to me, it's almost like you don't want to drink that night. But I don't go to parties like your house, Gregor, where it looks like you have a liquor depot in your cabinet, yeah. like eight different kinds of gold yeah, but it's because you guys, every time people come, they don't listen to me. And I, pull, I say, I'm serious. Please, you do not. And I say okay. in bold letters, do not feel bad. Right. Because it's true. I think... In our society, it's like, geez, if I show up without a bottle of wine, somehow I'm like, you know, 
this piece of shit and no one likes me. I'm like the worst human being. Right. And we all feel that way. I get it. Cause I'm That's with true. drugs. I, yeah. You're like, geez, I'm going to my buddy's house and I know I'm only going there for one beer. Yeah. And, and I know that those guys have 20, they probably have a thousand beers, but I'm like, well, I better buy a six pack. I'm going to leave the other five there. One time at your house party, I saw the greatest innovation in drinking technology since I can't even imagine when. And that was the frying pan of shots. Oh, that, that's a good story. That is a really, that really good and invention. And I was really we nervous. Have. I went to your house. You're a big celebrity. I'm just some guy who lives down in the River Valley. And I was all excited. <laughs> and I was telling all my friends in the week leading up, I'm going to Gregor's house tonight. It's very exciting. Get there, have a few drinks, loosen up. And then you wheel out with a frying pan of shooters. Well, and, and the reason is, for any of our listeners, trust me. You will love this reason because it's genius. Our, our buddies, when we are bachelors, the last thing you want to do is have to clean up, right? Yes, right? You had, and you sure. know, if we're there, well, who's going to clean up? What? It's on us. So usually, when you come out and you know you you got because usually the boys would get together. There's like 15 of us all the time, right? And of course, after a few beers, and hey, shots! Oh, sure, it's seven o'clock at night. Let's have some shots. So we realized after multiple spilling, well, this is stupid because it's not like it would tip over, but it would always overflow a little bit, right? When you're moving yep. out with the plate, so you put it in the frying pan. A, you can fit about 15 or 20 of them in there, but if it over, and you just hold it with one hand, it's unbelievable. And then if one spills over, it's just filling into the drying pan. It's unbelievable. It's the best. When my buddies, when we had a housewarming party, my buddy uh, Scotty Pryor shows up with a frying pan at the new house. Genius. I was like, this is unbelievable. Genius. It was a gift. And yeah. I remember my a wife. thoughtful gift. My, my wife the <laughs> not next like day. like a calendar streds. And, Very and trust thoughtful. Me, it's not like one of those top-end frying pans. It's a frying pan specifically for shooters. Wow. Right? It's got a, it's wide. You wouldn't ever put it on the stove because it's one of those that would, everything would burn, right? It would stick to it. My wife's like, what a piece of junk gift this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Honey? This is the frying pan. This is what we serve for at our house party. She's like, Oh, okay. Well, now I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just be clear. You are having a, a Christmas party in yeah. a couple of weeks. We're all going to be there. Juan, you, myself are going. Sure. Yeah, you guys don't have to show up with any drinks. I- I'm guaranteeing you right now no. because this is what actually, the promise. Actually, that's a lie because the last time at my house, I told you not to show up and you actually listened because you walked in the house with nothing and then you and then you mooched off me. Like, I thought Struds I would have you one or two. You think he'd bring something to the party, yeah. like a like, drink, well, I thought he would maybe have a one bottle or, two. or something. Struds ends up <laughs> drinking like 67 no. of my uh, no. Canadian 67s, thank God. <laughs> the double 67. Well, that's the plan. I am going there and intending. I'm going to be on a mission that evening to drink. Perfect. So I, if I'm going there for one, I don't feel so bad, but I will bring some because I, if I bring no. one bottle, no. then okay, I know I can drink you, 10 beers. You can bring, no, Boom. bring, bring one beer, bring, yeah. bring one of those big brown bear beers and that'll okay. be your introduction. And after that, you can go to 10. Brown bear beers. Yeah, what whatever. You, isn't that what it's called? I don't what? know. That bring oh my the big, God. the big brown bottle. Like that has like three growler. Beers. Big bear. It's going to call it big growler. bear. What did I say? Brown a bear. Brown bear. Ah, well, it's it's a brown bottle with a bear on it. They're not a sponsor of the show. I don't have to get their <laughs> name right. right. Like yeah. Finning made a beer. I know who yeah, Finning exactly. is. If Finning made a beer, it'd be delicious. You would know exactly. It would be like a tractor. I'd beer. bring a bunch to your party. Finning should actually make beers As a gift. in tractors. Yeah. You could just serve them up in like great. a four by four tractor. A <laughs> Finning calendar. If you're listening, Imagine how about you calendar. do that? I'd buy one of those. The calendar. Oh yeah, Struds do. Hey, fi- hey Finning, why don't you guys drop off a calendar? Because yeah. I know you guys have some. And, we, and Struds will we'll sign it for you. We'll give it to you. Oh, okay. If Finning has a calendar, I will put it up in my office. See, this is how you break in. It's called organic advertising. Sure. It's not an overt sure. commercial. Right. You just find a way to work oh. the brand into the conversation. Well, I actually want one. I yeah. actually want a calendar from Finning. From Finning. We Tractors. make fine quality products. All that stuff. Everything. Okay, before we get to a break, we have to talk about something. A tough weekend for Wanye. I'm actually, yes. I'm very happy you're here. Yeah. Because I didn't think you'd get through the weekend. No. As the uh, the the one team, basically the kryptonite for the Edmonton <laughs> Orders. Yeah. They're, they're in first place. Yeah. But when the 30th place team comes to town... God help them, you know, hide your kids yeah. because it's the Arizona freaking Coyotes. Yeah. 
And in 25 games, the Oilers have not beat them in regulation. They're 21-0-4 are the Coyotes since January of 2011. Like, even Wanye's regular droughts without talking to a girl don't last that long. So <laughs> That's true. Give me your uh, – your yeah. should you, as a former NHL player, because everybody yes. always – geez, slow starts. The Oilers at home, more so on the road, at home, they've had more slow starts than good starts. So Why? heading into this weekend – I, I, I was very adamant they had to come out with three or four points because they were up uh, – if they won all – if they got all four points, they would have been 15 points up in Arizona, and Arizona's dead. They're not even in it. Now, they're eight points behind because of that big – that's a big point swing. And now the Coyotes have hope. They have hope. They're looking ahead. They're thinking, you know what, guys? We have a chance. We have a chance here to maybe catch, even though they are at the bottom of, the, of, the, of that, that conference. Starting on the game on Sunday, right from the drop of the puck, the Oilers, the first two, three minutes, they weren't ready. They were sloppy play, uh, no passes connected. I thought that they were outworked by Arizona. Now, the Oilers kind of got it going back a little bit, maybe around that three, four, five-minute mark, but the tone was set. Those are your top players. It was Nuge's line, and I believe McDavid's line went out there after, and they weren't sharp, and you have to set the tone. They lost the game in Arizona Friday. Come back Sunday at home. You have to set the tone in Arizona. Set it. Say, listen, guys, you're not getting your points. And they needed those points. Now, is it life and death? Probably not. But when you want to be a guaranteed playoff team, you win that game on Sunday. They were sluggish, I thought, throughout the game. Little details, you know, not standing in front of the net. There was a play that actually Drew Mendes spoke about. Uh, I, I didn't think he actually made a good comment. He said Drysdale didn't tip the puck. The problem was Drysdale wasn't in standing in front of Smith. You got to get in front of his eyes and tip the puck. Another play, same time. Luke Shen, instead of getting, or Luke Shen pushes Milan Lucic. Lucic's the big guy. No one pushes him around. Instead of fighting to get around Luke Shen, uh, Lucic accepts being uh, boxed out, and the shot comes in. Uh, Smith grabs it with his stick. Or was it club? Very simple. It's too easy. And those are the that's the difference. You're on the outside, you're not sharp, you're not connecting. Even the first goal, you look at it, there is, you know, Larson gives a bad pass off the backboard. Uh, now there's a, a toss in front. They pass it to Gajula instead of just chipping it in the net or chipping behind in, into the offensive zone. He tries to make a play, boom, turnover, goal the other way. So little details and not one guy's fault, but they weren't ready to play and they weren't engaged. And it started from the first two shifts. Not good enough. It was the quietest game, and that's saying a lot because there's been a lot of quiet games. You sit in the crowd, Wanye. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you find there's what eighteen hundred more people there from the from Rexall to the new place? Even with more people, it seems quieter from upstairs in the crowd. Is it? It is. I mean, it's got to be much much richer Edmontonians than were in the old arena. And I think these new rich people don't want to clap quite as loudly, right? So they're just kind of like thinking about their investment portfolios and <laughs> you know subterranean wine cellars at home. And they're like, hmm, I wonder what kind of foie gras I'll have later tonight when I get home. It's much quieter, right? But I also think it's a really big building. And I think that you've got so much space now, like above the scoreboard, that's like really bad for acoustics. It's going to take a big cheer, I think, to make that place feel loud. Right. But, you know, speaking about the game today, it was a very it was a quiet crowd. But there, it's a 1 p.m. start, too. Right. There was a lot of people with little kids. I must have stood up a half dozen times a minute because everybody in my row was somebody with their little kid and stuff like that. Right. It's a different audience on an afternoon game. Right. But I have yet to feel I've only been to four games in the new barn, but I haven't really felt it's been rocking yet any particular night, even though people are watching, obviously, good hockey for the first time in 105 years. It doesn't seem that loud in there. No, it does. And that's 40. You've been to 40 percent of the home games. That's quite a bit. There's only 10 of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's quite a bit when you think of it that oh, way. Yeah, and true. well, I will say this uh, for a team that was looking good, uh, definitely coming back down to earth quickly on that on the weekend. And now you got the Maple Leafs in town on on tomorrow night on Tuesday, <laughs> and that will be they got uh, nothing. 
That'll be a game. Those that... aren't the Coyotes. It's fine. It's back to business as usual now. You got to remember this team just whooped the Hawks five nothing too. Sure, man. but they also lost the Leafs earlier this yeah, season. Yeah, but they're not coming out of this funk first place in the league. It's going to be a process. They're probably going to be a fifth, sixth place oh, team this year, right? If they're that fifth means they're and sixth, lose, that'd be unbelievable. They're going to lose games they should win. They're going to win a bunch of games that they shouldn't lose, right? So here's my quick question yeah. for you two, and then we'll uh, take a break and come back with uh, some recommendations. Sure. If you're Todd McClellan, you have two Fords that have to sit out against the Leafs. Pitlick and Slepashev sat out on Sunday. Yeah. Would you keep them out? Would you switch them up? What would you do? I wouldn't have changed the lineup before this weekend. I think I, I hated that as a player. When you win or you're winning games and then you say, oh, you know what? Thanks for everything, but we're going to pull someone else in. That, that, I think it just sends the wrong message. I would reward success. And then that, then when the next, when there is a loss, those guys get in there like, hey, I better play my ass off so I know that I'm going to stay in this lineup if we win. I didn't like that change. Now, Todd, I respect him as a coach. And I don't like to second guess him, but I think that was a mistake. I didn't like that. So if you do, if you're going to look at changing a couple people up, uh, I, I just find right now Pouliot's game is lackluster. I don't see him. I don't see him. I don't really know what he's doing out there. I don't. I don't see him aggressively forechecking. And and you know, you used to notice him more. I thought. You know, now I don't really notice him. Is he concerned about taking the penalties? Probably. But he's got to play on that little bit of an edge. Um, can't take those penalties. But he. I just don't see him. So I think he slides out. Um, and I quite frankly, I've liked what Slepichev brought. I think he works the walls well. And you know, in that game on Sunday, I thought they could use someone like Slepichev. I think it was Slepichev, Dreisaitl, and Lucic for a while. They were together, and they had good offensive zone time, just dragging it around the wall. And maybe they don't score, but they're dragging and grinding and grinding and grinding. And I, I like that that contrast to what Connor's lines bring. So I would like to see Pouliot out, Slepichev in, Pitlick. If he wants, if if he's coming back in, I want to see him bring energy. And I think if he's coming in. I'd have to take our good buddy Hendel out. I can't follow that. All I know about Schlepperslev is that he went for Halloween as a criminal and his girlfriend is a rocket and she went as a cop. <laughs> and now I follow her on Instagram and I can't get over how good looking she is. And I think about her four or five times a day. It, can I just say it's very surreal sitting here talking puck with you guys? Like, I am. It's like I'm inside a radio right now. I've like <laughs> climbed into my Walkman and I'm listening to the radio live and I'm like in this play. I don't know that I've ever felt cooler for a 15 minute span than just sitting here talking about the Oilers and who did what, where and how. As long as I keep icing 97, I think the rest of them are just Tito Jackson on the dance line with <laughs> Michael Jackson. and it's good. Just keep on singing Tito and playing that bass. Well, I'm with you at this point, uh, Pouliot. It's about winning. It's not about what you've done in the past or anything. Uh, if he gets out of his funk later, but uh, I would take him out for the for the game against Leafs. And Pitlick, to me, has got to go in. Uh, even if he had a little bit of a dip, he's still got six goals for a team that doesn't have a ton. Of, I have him and Slepyshev both in the lineup. And uh, to me, I would uh, I would take out for sure uh, Pouliot. And I, I might if if they're going to put Drysaddle on the uh, on the third line, uh, on the first line with uh, McDavid, how they ended it. Then uh, you need Kajula as your third line center. So then uh, the other guy maybe uh, to come out probably has to be Hendricks then on the fourth line. And Pitlick's got momentum, right? Like you said, he's got six goals, right? Whereas Pouliot's got what the opposite of momentum, whatever that's called. He's got that going on right now. And I think he got to, at the same time, though, he's signed for another 15 years for $12 million. Yeah, you can't worry about that. It's, no. it's, it's all about the now. And you know what? If he can play it out later, but you got to go with the guys who are playing well and he's yeah. just not playing well. I at would all. agree. Gregor Strudwick Wanye with you. You are listening to. Real Life brought to you by Finney. Uh, when we come back, a new little segment we're going to unveil. We'll do it every week. It's called Recommendations. Next. It's 2 a.m. It's been snowing since 2 p.m. 
Most people are snug in their beds, dreaming of a winter wonderland. But not you. You're out there, pushing winter around, getting it out of the way, taking care of business with your reliable, efficient, and affordable cat skid steer from Finning. From just $5.36 a month with the all-business lease, heated seat included. The all-business skid steer for all seasons. Call one finning today. We're back on Real Life. I'm Jason Greger, along with Jason Strudwick, Wanye Gretz from Oilers Nation. This is Real Life, brought to you by Finning. Why on earth do you keep introducing yourself? Like, I understand if you're on the radio, people are like AM radio, the signal's crappy, they're probably listening on a ham operator radio, and they're tuning in and out. There isn't a single person that has downloaded this podcast who's like, I wonder who I'm listening to 18 minutes in. Well, they might not know all three people's voices. Sure they do. They've downloaded the podcast. they don't. Really? Do you really think you have to keep hammering in who's Uh, on the show? Is this your first time on the podcast? It is my third. Okay. Well, it's like when you go on a date, you have to keep reintroducing yourself so the girl doesn't Uh, fall asleep. No, when I go on a date, it's an internet chat room, and it always says your name right there. It says this is Wanya underscore loves his mom. And I don't need to reintroduce myself. She knows who I am. If they could see us, then no, I wouldn't. But with voices, you always do it just so people... It's only been five episodes. Something okay. this might be the first time listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. just yeah. asking questions. Them. I don't know what I'm doing. I just I got asked to comment That's on Slepislev and Pitlick. I have no idea what either things. I'm in <laughs> over my head, Gregor, and I'm fighting to the surface. <laughs> okay, so today we, we're going to unveil a new thing we call recommendations. Sure. And uh, every week we'll have different recommendations on, on books, life, whatever. And today, my recommendation, I watched the, the Gleason documentary on the former uh, special teams player for the New Orleans Saints, uh, Steve Gleason who uh, retired in 2008 and in 2011 got ALS. And I'm telling you people, I don't care if you have children. I don't care if you're still a young, single, vibrant man or, or woman. You should watch that documentary. It is one of the most inspiring, at the same time, heartbreaking ones I watched. Obviously, it hit me as a father with a young son. And, and you see a man because he got diagnosed with ALS and six weeks later, him and his wife found out they were pregnant, which should be one of the best times of your life. And they were still very excited about it. And, and he know, and so he starts doing this whole video. I don't want to ruin the documentary, but he basically realizes because ALS two to five years is usually the time span you have to live afterwards. So he recognizes this and he says, hey, even if I'm playing the odds and it's best in my favor, even if I'm alive at year four or five when my son's old enough to really talk four years old, I might not be able to talk. ALS people can't talk. So he starts videotaping himself to send messages to his kid later on. It is unbelievably inspiring. I highly recommend anyone to take the time and watch it. Such a terrible disease. I mean, I'm fortunate enough. I don't know anybody personally who's had it, but I saw the uh, Stephen Hawking movie. Have you seen that movie? Yes. And my goodness, the, the, the poor fellow, you know, the scene where he's sitting there on stage and he imagines himself getting up and picking up the pencil of the girl who's dropped her pencil in the front row. Like Stephen Hawking has lived with ALS more than anybody ever. Mm-hmm. And you think about, you know, it's obviously beyond tragic that anyone's locked in their own body with the same mind, but to have that mind, right. And to have that much to offer the world and then continue to fight through it. Right. And to be, you know, hooked up to the chair and, and the computer and still, you know, able to have the career that he did. It's just such an awe-inspiring story. Well, and what Gleason's doing for the ALS community, right? Like he got a whole law changed for, for the ALS community to allow them to have a better quality of life. It's, what it's was hot. the law. Well, they, I think it was in 2012, they stopped uh, because of in their Medicare system for people with ALS, once you reach the point where you can't talk anymore, they have the computer like Stephen Hawking has, mm-hmm. right? Well, they stopped funding that. Ugh. And then uh, they went and fought and fought and fought. 
And uh, Obama, I think in 2014 or earlier 2015, they reversed it and now it's a law. And that is part of the Medicare because these people are alive and, and many of them are, are very extremely smart. They just can't communicate. They can't talk. So they have to get that machine. Because think about it. If you could sit there and you could understand everything people say and you were never able to converse back with them. I couldn't imagine how frustrating that would be. I got a chance. Or I read uh, Lou Gehrig, a biography on Lou Gehrig. Obviously, you know, the, the, the ALS is, uh, carries his name as well. And uh, it was amazing. You know, he talked about early in his career, how he came up. And he was like Superman. I mean, this guy, if you're not familiar with Lou Gehrig, he was an animal for the Yankees. Hitting balls. He hit for hours. He did everything. He was an incredible player. And then uh, just one year, all of a sudden, he just started struggling. You know, like things were hard. His, his swing looked off. He looked off. No one could figure out what was going on. Even for him, he was frustrated. And you got to keep in mind, this would be like, like similar if all of a sudden Wayne Gretzky, in his, near his prime, uh, can't perform anymore. Yeah. So the team, how do you handle this? And Lou just kind of, he just kind of took himself out of the lineup. He was trying to work his way through it. Couldn't figure it out. Then finally, they, this was a long time ago, you know, 50 years ago. They didn't know exactly what it was. Then they diagnosed that he had this issue. It would ultimately become the Lou Gehrig's disease. And it was, it was amazing to see the transformation, to hear what his teammates said about him, how he spoke about it. And obviously he made that famous speech where I consider myself the luckiest man on earth when he retires. But, you know, it, it is it big, strong, small, old. It will just tear you apart. And I really recommend taking a chance to read a biography about Lou Gehrig because he was an amazing person. And when the what, how it came, and just all of a sudden just to lose, you just lose your skill set. Well, watching the Gleason documentary is, was so eye-opening to me is how quickly. Sure. It changes. And here was a guy in his early 30s, had retired from the NFL, was healthy as an ox from 2008 till 2011, and suddenly just had some, some issues in his arm, and they go get tested. Right. And, and, and the thing is, because they're filming this whole thing, and you see the difference from him, and then six months later, and a year later. And I, I knew about ALS, but I was ignorant to how quickly it impacts you. And, th and that's not like he was just one of the drastic ones. That's how it is for everyone. And it's crazy. And Brian Bickle just got diagnosed with MS. And I, I know a lot of people uh, with MS. And the thing about that, uh, what's really difficult with MS is it can hit you and it can hit you really hard off the get-go and then and you can have recovery, but it never goes into remission, right? Like cancer is terrible, but some of you can get lucky and there's remission for a while. With MS, there's no remission. And obviously with ALS, like ALS just, it goes... And there's like there is sometimes a, a certain drug they can have where you get to a point and at least levels off. It never gets any better, but it doesn't get any worse, and that's a really small percentage. But that documentary, just for I don't know, educating yourself about different different people and anybody that lives with ALS, and if anybody has a family member who's listening, and I tip my hat to you because those people have to be incredibly tough, mentally tough, to battle through that disease because it is, it just tears you apart just watching people i couldn't imagine having a loved one have it so what well, makes you think too at the end of watching movies like that about how and it's cliche but how lucky you actually are oh, right? like here i am complaining i thought i bought a safe and i bought a microwave like i have no idea what an actual hard day of my life is and these poor folks are getting up with incredible challenges and you know in so many instances going through the day with such a positive attitude right and if nothing else you watch a documentary like that to take a look at your own life and say like boy oh boy it's time i start taking you know grateful for what i've got yeah. not mad about what i didn't get a 2-1 loss the Coyotes on Sunday really doesn't have the biggest impact in the world when you put it in the bigger picture, right? The great part about this documentary was just how raw and real it was. And, and I, I won't tell people, about, but there's a few scenes in there and I'm just like, I can't believe they're showing this. But it really gives you an insight as to the struggles that they have to go through. It was crazy. So any, I highly recommend 
the Gleason documentary. That would be my recommendation of the week. So whose turn is the next week? The recommendation is it uh, Mr. Wanye? Well, he's probably well. I don't know if we can can we commit a week ahead with Wanye. We never know. He's kind of week. I to can week, commit that so. I'm not going to be here next week. <laughs> See, there no, you go. There but I'll be week to I'll back back the week after. Okay, uh, so that can be yours. Two yeah. weeks. So start sure. and and make it something that maybe more than what. Ten people have read. Is that is that fair? So what do you want me to recommend? Uh, did you read a movie recently? That sounded like to me he was recommending a movie, not a book. Well, you can oh, do anything. It yeah. could be a book, a workout program. Yeah, I don't like know. A cassette tape, maybe uh-huh. so that you feel included. <laughs> if you want, if you want to recommend a dating website, an eight you know, track, yeah, whatever, a dating you, whatever you like. Yeah. There's a new a dating Japanese app. sex robot website <laughs> that you can order them just the way you want them to look. Who would no. you want it to look like if you had a sex robot? Oh, wow. That's a tough, tough question. I mean, my first thing that springs to mind is Connor McDavid, but I prefer the women, right? So <laughs> would it make any sense? Why would I want a Japanese sex robot that looks like Connor McDavid? Well, we'd hang out. We'd go driving around. We'd solve mysteries. Maybe in like a motorcycle and a sidecar. He's got like the goggles on his head and a scarf coming off the back. Hey, Japanese Connor, what do you have to say for yourself? Beep, boop, a Japanese. Oh, we'd have a good time. What was the question? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't even want to know. I forget. Nah, you lost me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap up this episode yes. with uh, story time. Yes. Okay. So um, Mike Keenan, you know, Iron Mike, he gets, I think, a, a bad rap. Um, you know, he, he had, he would definitely did his thing. His, you think he gets a bad rap? I think, I think for the most part, you know, you look at his, what well, his last stop was Calgary, was it not? I can't remember last Florida. time I was in the NHL. I, was I just remember in the KHL. Yeah, the KHL. Yeah. So anyways, I had him as a coach. My, when I was with the uh, Islanders, I was, he traded for me, traded Gene Ojic for me. And I went to play uh, for him in Vancouver. And you know what? I got there, and he was an intimidating guy. He rarely talked to you. He rarely talked to you. And uh, he'd always, you know, he was intense. If you if you won a game, the next day was East-West hockey game, shinny game, and everything was Johnny Good times. If you lost, he made it very uncomfortable. And uh, I'll never forget at one time we were playing, and uh, we, we had a terrible game. And the next day we had to ride our bike long. We had to get, I think it was seven or 800 calories. We had to get done. That's when you get off the bike. So uh, some guys are working out. I was on the bike riding beside Alexander McGillney, a veteran, a well-established veteran. This is, I'm a rookie. So uh, Iron Mike comes in and says, no one's leaving here until you all have 800 calories burned in one hour, or in, on, on the bike. So it takes about an hour for most people. So I'm on there. I'm giving all I had. I'm like, oh, my God, this is Mike Keenan. I got to just go crazy. So I'm riding like crazy. I'm at about 650, 700 calories. Almo's riding beside me. That's what his name. He's like, he's on a Sunday ride. He's having a great time, barely riding. I get to like about 700. I said, I get the tap. Study. You're on the wrong bike. No, no, I'm on the right bike. No, no, you're riding on my bike. Come over here. I'm like, are you kidding me? So we swap bikes. <laughs> I'm like, Almo. He's like, I buy you the dinner. I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks a lot, Almo. So I, I, he jumps on and just pedals the last like 100 calories, which is nothing. He's at like 150. So I had to do another 700. Then Mike Kinney was like, why is it taking you so long? I'm like, ah, no reason. No reason. You know, so I had his giver. So that was Mike. He loved it. So anyways, he's, he's just... a guilty story yeah, more than Mike Kinney. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah he's yeah. unbelievable. He's actually... Another one about Almo. We were, we were playing. I'd hurt my back. We are starting a seven-game road trip. Hurt in Atlanta in the morning skate. And my back was so jacked up. I was totally racked up. So I couldn't play for six games. They didn't send me home. They're like, oh, you'll be better. And it was so messed up. So we're, we're near the end of the road trip. We're in Buffalo. And I'm laying on the... And what would happen is my day would... I'd get up. I'd try to get out of bed. My roommate, Bertuzzi, had to lift me out because I could barely get out of bed. He'd help me get to practice. And I'd get there, and a trainer would get me on the massage table after everyone's calmed down. I was on the ice. Warm up and start massaging, massaging, and finally loosen up. And I'd be laying on this tra- table. Sometimes I laid up for two hours. It was the only time I got to sleep in peace. 
So <clears throat> do that same thing at night at the games. So now we go to the, we're playing the game with Buffalo. I'm hurt. A couple of guys aren't playing. I'm sitting on the training table. It takes, like I said, about a period to get me calmed down. So finally on the table, I'm almost asleep. And I'm because I can't sleep. I'm so much pain. So all of a sudden I hear, almost hurt, almost hurt. And I'm like, oh my God, like, is Almo okay? And he's coming in. They're like, Strutty, you got to get out the table. I'm a guilty's hurt. I'm like, don't worry, don't worry. Literally, they just kind of push me off the training table and I fall off the side. I'm like, bah, my back spasm. I'm screaming like, ah, ah, my back. And Almo's like, oh my God. And they, they get out. Almo, are you okay? He's like, don't worry about me. What about Strutty? Don't worry about Strutty. What's wrong with you? And it turned out we had the same injury. Me and Almo pretty much hurt his back. And he's like, Strutty, I feel so bad. I'm like, it's okay. And I was twisted up. I was so jacked up so anyways he got home and everything it took me a while but i did get back but the mike keenan story i wanted to tell is that he did you know he wasn't i don't think he was the best coach but at the end everyone you know he and brian burke didn't see eye to eye so when he was i came here for the uh, it was the all-star break i came here and uh to visit you know visit family and friends i'll never forget i was at the cocktail club on the south side it used to be a pretty good oh, bar a good bar back in the day i'm in there talking with two oilers uh marty mcsorley and sean brown and i look up at the tv like tsn or whatever it was playing all of a sudden uh mike keenan hired his new coach or as fired as coach of uh, vancouver canucks mark crawford in and that was my name like good night boys thanks a lot and i just went right home because i knew that i had like it was gonna be a new coach right so we get there that, 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 that first practice, and in everyone's stall, Mike Keenan wrote a personal card thanking us all, you know, for what he did. And in mine, he said, you know, Stratty, I always appreciate your effort. You're very close to becoming a regular NHL player. Keep working hard. Those 20 words were the most he ever spoke to me in, in, in you know, the, the, whatever it was, the year we were together. And, you know, and for me, that was such a classy move. You know, he took the time to write it down and say something to everyone. And I think that he doesn't get enough uh, respect for how much respect he had for his players and that admiration. You know, after a fight, he'd come down after every single fight any of his players had and touch you on the shoulder. That's the only coach I ever had do that. You're out there battling for your teammates. You're fighting for each other. After every single fight I had under him, he'd come over, tap me on the shoulder. And that was it. You know, it made you feel so good. And I always remember if I ever become a coach, whether, I mean, fighting will be gone by the time I become a coach, but tap a guy for a block shot, tap a guy for a win faceoff. Like those are just important as a, a big goal, right? And I think just to make everyone feel included. He was excellent at that. That's my Mike Keenan story. I, Mike, still love you, buddy. You're crazy, but you're an awesome guy. As the owner of HockeyFights.com, I'd just like to say we don't endorse, endorse Strudwick's opinion that hockey fighting <laughs> will be out of the game right away, and it can still go either way. Yeah, it could go either way. But there's a lot of classics. Well, no, what will happen now is you won't have as many fights, but I find when they happen, people are more juiced up for them than ever as fans because they're so rare. Fighting's never going to be, I think, a rule out of the game, as it never should. If the game itself wants to police itself where you have guys who don't want to fight as much, no problem. But you should never take the rule out of the game. There's no need to have the rule out of the game. And, hey, if if, uh, if Max Domi and Ryan Kessler want to fight two proven NHL players, I don't see anybody complaining about it, right? Sure, everybody's loving it because Kessler got his head knocked off. Great. And he's fine, right? It wasn't like, oh, my goodness, Ryan Kessler's dead after that, right? Like, all of the bleeding hearts have calmed down about it because you just, like, the biggest mistake was going into just the goons, the guys whose all they did was fight. And that's where you got all the injuries because you had a bunch of 260-pound killers. That's all they were And that's really all they were doing. Yeah. They were training for it. Now, you've still got some tough guys. Milan Lucic and, you know, there's a few guys around the league that can still fight. The orders actually have quite a few of them if, if push comes to shove. But you're seeing now skilled guys 
who aren't considered just thugs who will drop the mitts four or five times. But but this is what I'm going to say to that. Is when I was growing up, I idolized Mark Messier, Bob Probert, Luke Richardson, Jeff Bukerboom. Those were the guys I wanted to be just those who I, I wanted to copy those guys. Today, a young, you know, my sons, I'm assuming they're going to be growing up idolizing Connor McDavid, Jordan Eberle, Adam Larson, guys that play the game and yeah, not fighters. What about Luke Darnell Cheech? Nurse? There'll be a lot of kids who still look Darnell up to Nurse. Darnell Nurse, if he averages... He'll have three fights a year, four. Three fights. We, they used to average 10, 15 fights. Oh, I know. Fights. Yeah, it's just so going to... But it's, it's, I, it's different. It'll phase It up. might stand out more. Yeah, it might. Yeah, but it's just... And it's going to be harder and harder. To, I, I Listen, I, I think fighting... I don't think they have to rule it out. I think it'll just slowly... Just yeah, but it'll always be there. That'll always be there, yeah. Because like, I still it's think... like dates, Gregor. You know, you get two, three dates a year. You appreciate those dates, hey, right? Buddy. <laughs> buddy. Them out three, four nights a week. Sure. Like those other players sure. in town. Maybe get one every quarter. Ladies, one every presidential you... administration, right? You still appreciate it. Re- reach out to Wanye on Twitter at Wanye Gretz. Do not reach out to me on Twitter. Do you think we could bring one of your latest dates in? Oh my no. god. Well, well, not when he, you know what has a special guest when he's gone. That's what I'm saying. I think we could get the yes. other side of Wanye. This I'd love be glorious. To have this will be glorious. You have to fly them in from Korea, where I met him on the chat room. That's going to cost you three, four G. Put him up for a week. I mean, most of these girls are uh, in Nashville. I, I think if we the put the word out, there might be one girl in yeah. Edmonton who's went on a date with you. Oh. Imagine who she'd be. Uh, uh, went well. to a junior high dance one time and slow dance in November rain. You could probably take <laughs> her up. She got four kids, Liz and Bonnyville. How do you slow dance in November rain? Slowly. <laughs> that was so Gentlemen, <laughs> we will talk to you next week uh, on behalf of Wanye Gretz, Jason Strudwick. I'm Jason Greger. That's been Real Life brought to you by Finning. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.